Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. If you've been listening to the show now for a while, you've probably gotten the gist that the stories of Atlanta chefs and restaurant and business owners and generally wonderful people get told around here. However, the one thing that all of us know about our city is that it's packed with people. Tons, close to six million in fact. And everyone in this city needs food, all of us. And the Atlanta Community Food Bank is one of the largest operations in the country feeding 750,000 people over 60 million meals every year across 29 counties. And talk about people making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. These folks with all over of their 700 partners are true heroes. So I stopped by to speak with Kyle Wade and he's the president and CEO of the ACFB. And I got to know him just a little bit and then we got into how the organization mobilizes to feed those in need around the greater Atlanta area. Here's Kyle. Thing is, later today we're gonna have a dunk tank on the campus. Why? Why am we I not? Are, uh, why, why am I recording now? <laughs> I mean, you're you're welcome to hang around. We'll put you in the dunk tank. That'll be fun too. I'll uh, get in the dunk tank with all of my recording equipment. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Let's like this is that. what this is what a dunk tank sounds like, and this is what sounds like when you get dunked in the, the dunk show tank. in the dunk tank. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah it's like this it is the strangest studio I've ever been in. Um, but without further ado, I'm actually sitting over here at the office of the Atlanta Community Food Bank over on the west side of town, and I am sitting here with Mr. Kyle Wade. Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I was going to say, this is um, this is really cool. I, I was actually over here, um, actually just on the other side of the fence right there, a little earlier this season, chatting with Miss Kim Karras from the Foodwell Alliance and talking about all types of wonderful urban agriculture. And, you know, food has a lot of different uh, spokes here in the city. And this is one that is um, is incredibly powerful and very necessary in terms of people getting fed. You know, m- most of the people that I have on the show, it's typically someone's story of where you can go to their restaurant over on the east side of town or, right. you know, right outside of downtown or, you know, Brook, like Brookwood, I don't know, any anywhere, you know, just right. in terms of like where you can actually go get a meal. But this is a very different side of like what it means to be an eater in a city like Atlanta. Um, so I want to talk a lot about the food bank and the mission and a lot, th- a lot of the statistics of the work that you guys do. But um, you're going to get the same question that everybody gets, Kyle. So I want to know who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Well, uh, I would say growing up, um, you know, my my mother cooked for us, uh, for me. I have, I have two younger brothers, and um, and uh, we moved around quite a bit, so we were not close to our extended family. You know, a lot of people have grandparents or whatever that um, that they eat with a lot when they're growing up. Uh, for me, you know, it was really just uh, my mom and dad and my brothers, and, and uh, so my mom cooked food. Um, uh, I would say my my mom is not going to uh, um, get any kind of prize for being some sort of celebrated chef. You know, she just she wasn't she cooked. I don't think she enjoyed doing that. Sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, we ate just fine, but it was, uh, you know, um, uh, it was it was it was not a it was not Julia Child in the in the kitchen uh, you know anything elaborate you know it, it was uh, we just enjoyed eating together 
you know, I think for us, it was more about sitting down at the end of the day uh, and just kind of talking about how our day went. And, you know, food was kind of the vehicle to make that happen. Yeah. And you mentioned some older older siblings or where are you in the order? So I brother? was the oldest. I had two younger siblings, oh, okay. um, two younger brothers. And, uh, um, you know, and we were about four years apart. And, he, you know, uh, um, so my youngest brother is uh, eight years younger than I am. Wow. And so we, you know, we were going through very different things in life sure. at the same time. And, uh, you know, again, the the dinner table was a great way to uh, just kind of connect with each other. Yeah. And what kind of eater were you? A big one. A big one. Yeah. No, I like to eat. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, I've, I eat anything, uh, except for like bananas and mayonnaise. Bananas yeah. and mayonnaise. Not into those things, but, um, some people might eat those together, Kyle. Yeah. But outside of that, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll eat just about anything. Gotcha. Yeah. We could get into that a little bit more, but I actually know people who are like, don't, don't even, Put a banana my way. Don't care how ripe it is or unripe it is. They're just gross. The, I'm with that line of thinking. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't get the banana. I, I don't particularly like the flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to the texture. Yeah, uh, well, we and, won't get into like southern condiments either because I'm not even gonna have to ask you if it's Dukes or Hellman's. You're gonna be like, how about you just keep your mayonnaise to yourself? Yeah, let's talk about barbecue sauce. Sure. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm more the uh, <laughs> hot sauce. Yeah. You know, Louisiana hot sauce of yeah. all varieties. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with a you fan, there. Fan of that, yeah. You know, but leave the mayonnaise on the side. All right, I'll I'll, I'll take all the Dukes for you. So um, you're and, welcome to it. <laughs> and lastly, where was home? Uh, so I'm a little bit of a man without a, without a country. There, we moved around a lot as a, as uh, when I was a kid. I, I grew up in six different towns. Wow. Um, and moved uh, moved every three three years or so. Um, uh, but usually I say Mississippi cause I lived in Mississippi a couple different times Gotcha. and graduated from high school in Oxford, Mississippi. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and when did you make your way over to the great city of Atlanta? Uh, uh, my wife and I, uh, uh, now wife, uh, moved here in 2003. So we've been here for 16 years. Nice. Um, and, um, you know, between kind of high school and, and moving to Atlanta, I spent time in uh, Los Angeles, uh, Arizona, uh, New York. And so, you know, I've, I've, I've lived a lot of places. Yeah. But you've seen a lot of Atlanta. You've seen a lot of Atlanta change over the past 16 years. And You know, rise. Atlanta's home for us now, and Atlanta has changed quite a bit just mm-hmm. in these last 16 years, you know, and, and uh, much more than that if you go all the way back to the 80s and 90s when sure. Atlanta really started to take off. And, and um uh, you know, it's just an amazing city. There's so many, many great things going on in Atlanta, uh, you know, in the way that the city continues to grow and develop. I love how international the city's becoming. Big time. Um, I love uh, the increased diversity and the uh, energy that's uh, here around innovation and, and um, uh, entrepreneurship. Um, you know, we've got a thriving nonprofit community here that I'm proud to be a part of. Um, uh, and I just love all things Atlanta. You know, it's just, it's a great city and, and I think our best days are yet to come. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's amazing to be a part of a city that's still kind of figuring out what its footing is and everybody seems to be wanting to chip in and make it a great place to live yeah, in our so many different ways. Our story's still being written and, yeah. um, you know, and of course the, the restaurant community is just unbelievable here. Yeah. You know, there's so many great places to eat and so many great people, 
you know, running those restaurants. Yeah. Uh, it's just a you know one of the the many things that makes Atlanta really special, big time. And uh, and getting back to some of that nonprofit work that you were talking about, so let's shift into talking a little bit about the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Sure, and yeah. I've I've had the opportunity to volunteer with and you know learn a lot more about community food banks or just food banks in general in a lot of other cities that I've that I've lived in, and. Um, the, the Atlanta one seems like it's very, very special. So just, you know, give us like the brief rundown is what is the actual function of the organization? What does the Atlanta Community Food Bank do here in the greater Atlanta area and also the surrounding area around Atlanta? Sure. So the Atlanta Community Food Bank is one of the largest hunger relief organizations in the country. Uh, we support a network of um, close to 700 partner organizations across uh, 29 counties in Metro Atlanta and North Georgia. So it's about a 10,000 square mile uh, uh, kind of geographic area that we serve. And through that network of partners, we provide uh, the equivalent of about 63 million meals uh, to 750,000 people a year. Wow. Now the food bank, the way it sort of functions is uh, where the, the whole model when we were founded and still today um, is to be uh, is to make it easy for food donors to have a centralized place to donate food uh, and a place where they trusted the food would be used uh, uh, effectively and efficiently, uh, but to also have a decentralized distribution network that allows us to get food to the people who need it when they need it where they need it. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we provide sort of a single face to the donor community, get food, and then ensure that that food gets distributed through those 700 partners that get food from us. And then they, in turn, distribute it to people in need across the region. Yeah, it's amazing. And especially, you know, having that centralized, you know, operation, but then also having it decentralized to where people actually live. Um, it, it's a, it's a great answer to a very difficult city to traverse. <laughs> you know, well, it's just, it's just a part of things. And it's just kind of a with. unique thing of, of, you know, about the food bank. I mean, I, th I think we are, uh, really as, uh, ground engaged and embedded in our community as any other, uh, nonprofit, large regional nonprofit in, in our region, uh, because of those partnerships that we have at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. um, and it just it allows us to be super responsive to uh, how need continues to evolve and change. Um, and as you said, you know, I mean, our, our city, and, and we're not unlike other cities in this respect, but, you know, it's fragmented in some ways, right? Like our region, what, what it, it means to be low income and food insecure in, um, you know, uh, the west side of Atlanta versus in Lawrenceville or in uh, Jonesboro or out in Douglasville or up in Rome. You know, the challenges that families face in those different communities are in some ways specific to those communities. So having a real decentralized network like we've built over um, the last 40 years uh, allows us to just to really tailor what we do through these partners um, uh, in a very special way. And, and the whole secret sauce of the food bank, you know, our mission is to engage, educate, and empower the community to fight hunger. And, you know, we're a big food distribution organization. We distribute lots of food. we got lots of trucks, et cetera. 
There's nothing in our mission statement that talks about trucks or warehouses or logistics or even food for that matter, right? It's, it's about community engagement. Hmm. Uh, and our model has been how do we build capability and capacity uh, in, a, in a sustainable way at the community level so the community can respond uh, to needs like hunger. Uh, and so food is the enabling tool for that, you know, us providing that food resource along with other kinds of resources have allowed these organizations, these partners to really sort of grow and develop and evolve over time and be more responsive to needs in their local community. Right. And I mean, that's another huge statistic to mention. I mean, the Community Food Bank has been around for 40 years, which, you know, starting back and then scaling with the growth, I mean, really explosive growth from Atlanta in like the late 70s and then through the 80s and then to today. Right. Uh, it was probably a very different operation, you know, when Bill so, Bowling started. Yeah. So when we, when, when Bill Bowling, our founder, started the food bank, he did so uh, at St. Luke's Episcopal Church, they had a little annex building where mm. they kind of set up the food bank. Yeah. And the idea then was, hey, we're kind of feeding people at St. Luke's. There are other churches and congregations that uh, would get in the game if they had a way to get food easily. Uh, and so Bill started the food bank. And that first year, um, they distributed about 15,000 pounds of food, which is great. Uh, today, we do that in about the first uh, 15 minutes of the day, <laughs> right? right? I mean, we distribute 300,000 pounds of food a day. Wow. Um, and uh, so it's just a totally different kind of operation than it was then in terms of scale and complexity and, and, and all of that. Uh, but the idea is still basically the same. You know, hey, if, if we can make it easy for people uh, to donate food, uh, and uh, kind of empower people out in the community to make a difference to uh, for those families who are struggling, then uh, you know our community is going to be stronger, and that's what the food bank's all about then and and still is today. Yeah, and and you mentioned some statistics and also uh, something that you know I've I've never heard it you know I guess phrased this way, but talk to me about what food insecurity means. Yeah, so it's kind of a wonky term uh, that comes from uh, the Department of Agriculture uh, that assesses food insecurity. Um, and so it's a synonym of hunger. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not exactly hunger. You know, hunger is kind of more of a state. You know, I haven't eaten. I'm hungry. I'm in a state of hunger. Um, uh, food insecurity is more about the notion that I've got reliable, consistent access to food. Right. And when that access is uncertain or insecure, uh, that's when you get qualified as food insecure. So basically it's, hey, I'm worried I'm going to run out of food, or I have been worried at some point in the last uh, period of time, or in fact, I did run out of food and didn't know how to get it. And you know that describes different levels of uh, food insecurity. So what we're really talking about are families for whom at some point, they're going to run out of resources to provide all the food that they need. As I mentioned earlier, we have 750,000 people we serve every year. A very small percentage of that population is the homeless population, which a lot of people, I think, um, associate with the food bank. Uh, and that's great. We serve that population. That's an important population that we serve. But we also serve many, many more people beyond that. And, it's, and in fact, kind of our most common... Uh, type of uh, client uh, 
uh, is a low-income, working, single parent with a couple of kids, hmm. right? Um, and for, the, for that family, they can get through two weeks, three weeks, almost the entire month, but at some point they're going to run out of resources and they're going to need help. And along the way, they will make different kinds of choices about the food that they provide for themselves and their kids yeah. because they're worried about what's going to happen. So they get um, more preserved food, cheaper food, uh, because they got to find a way to get through the month. Right. You know, and that's, uh, that, of course, has consequences that affect their health. Right. That affects their income. Uh, and then that results in really dangerous sort of destabilizing trade-off decisions they have to make around, do I buy food or do I pay for my utility bill? Do I buy food or do I get medication? Do I buy food or do I pay my rent or mortgage? Uh, and so, so our job is to make that access to food reliable and consistent and nutritious, uh, and that can prevent all those other downstream problems. Yeah. You know, and as a, as a dad to be able to feed my children, you know, I mean, I would stop at no end, you know, to, to just make sure that they were fed, you know I mean? So, right. and, and to be faced with the, the choice of, you know, do we pay the power <clears throat> bill or do we go to the grocery store? I've, I've never been faced with that type of decision and I could not imagine what it's like to be in the shoes of a parent making that decision for their family. And that's a lot of weight on one person's shoulders and absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And for the food bank to be, you know, providing that type of assistance in a lot of different situations throughout, you know, I mean, an area that spans really pretty far outside of Atlanta proper, right. right. Um, is for 40 years is, um, is, is pretty staggering, you know? It's it yeah and uh, you know I think the the basic kind of human um, uh, frailty right of that state of food insecurity is is really profound uh, yeah. you know a lot of us you know we get wrapped around the axle when it comes to gosh I want my son or daughter to you know be in the gifted program or kind of be on that cool sports team or after yeah. school opportunity and we get really anxious or, um, uh, you know, uh, when those things don't work out, but that's a whole different level of, uh, a much different kind of anxiety or sure. uncertainty than the families that we serve face. I mean, the idea that, um, you know, the, our first job is to provide as a parent safety and security for our kids, right? Everything else kind of is gravy after that. Yeah. And, uh, when, you're unable to do that. I mean, the how demoralizing and um, uh, that is for those parents uh, is really profound. Yeah. And so uh, I think the more that we can do to help them so that their kids are growing up and uh, with an opportunity to succeed and learn and develop and grow and, and ultimately contribute, um, uh, is going to make our community a much better place. Yeah. That's a harsh operating reality to, to understand that potentially out of 750,000 people, like there's quite a few of them that are living with that probably more than, more than every day. Yeah. I remember <laughs> when I first joined the food bank, I went down to one of our partners and I, and there was a, there was a dad there with his young daughter. Hmm. Um, and, uh, she was about the same age as my daughter, um, and she had a little Door of the Explorer backpack, hmm. uh, which at the time uh, my daughter had a similar 
backpack and just the, I mean, um, uh, kind of vulnerability that that father was living with and the kind of um, humiliation in some ways yeah, uh, that I think he probably was struggling with um, was just kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it just makes you want to do more to help mm-hmm. them. You know, I, I think um, that's that's the great gift of the food bank and many other organizations. Is there is a way for us to help yeah. and, and make a difference so that these kids and families have a better better shot in yeah. life. I mean, especially speaking about you know just access, community engagement. You know, just the the knowledge of this organization exists specifically for that reason to alleviate a lot of that stress and just to frankly get people fed like nutrition and you know to not have to worry about food. You know, in some instances. And um, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but talk to me about some of the partners that you guys work with. So for for many years, for the vast majority of our, uh, uh, you know, since we were founded uh, in the food bank's history, you know, our uh, partner network uh, consisted almost exclusively of kind of the faith-based community, right? Um, you know, the church pantry. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, that, that's a really important uh, group of partners still today. You know, many, many of our partners are... Uh, kind of congregations spread across the region. Um, and, you know, they're generally run by volunteers from the local uh, church, and, um, and they, you know, serve their, lo- their neighbors. Uh, beyond that, though, our network has been evolving as we're trying to serve more people more often. Uh, and now we work with a, a wide variety of not-for-profit organizations that um, provide various kinds of services in the community. Um, we partner with uh, schools, you know, so we distribute food at uh, schools throughout the region uh, to, to parents and kids, you know, at dismissal or on curriculum night, we'll show up and distribute several thousand pounds of food to to. Uh, families in need in those school communities. Uh, we partner with senior centers. Uh, we partner with healthcare organizations. We're working on a cool partnership with Grady Hospital right now. That's great. And, uh, you know, increasingly, we're just trying to think about kind of here's our client base, low-income, working family with kids, seniors, veterans, the homeless. How do we reach them and make it easier for them to access the food that they need? Uh, and finding new partners is a big piece of that. Yeah. I remember um, a few years ago, one of the first first ways that I actually found out about ACFB was through um, a few actually a few of the restaurants in town, like specifically like Fifth Group. I know that they've been um, a pretty major restaurant group that have been working with you guys for I don't even know how long, but um, but I know that's a that's another really great thing to see. It's like that's that's indicative of the greater community, but especially, you know, uh, a lot of what, what I dive into on the food cast here is, is a lot of the restaurant community. And I love that that is kind of a concentric circle that you see is, you know, people are working to get people fed in more than just, you know, coming to a restaurant is, you know, like we want to pour back into, you know, where our business and where our lives are, um, which I think is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, our board chair right now is Robbie Kukler, which is a, who is a fantastic individual. And I really loved having him on the show earlier this season. So Robbie is just, as you said, a great human being, um, and talks about, 
Uh, he's been involved in the food bank for uh, close to 20 years now Man, in different awesome. ways. And But he talks about, you know, just how important feeding people is to uh, to him, you know, as a, as a person. And just the idea that people don't have food is just kind of a heartbreaking reality for him. And so he and the fifth group uh, company um, have been huge supporters uh, of the food bank. They do a great job um, uh, supporting us, in particular, around our hunger walk every year. They yeah. they they raise a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! This past year to support our hunger walk, uh, and like you know, many people in the restaurant uh, community, uh, w- which is just consists of so many great, caring people. You know, they they want to find a way to. Uh, ensure everybody has enough food and uh, and they just get engaged uh, in whatever way they can to really involve all of their employees and, and guests um, and to really advance the work of, of the food bank. So, you know, we, we benefited from the restaurant community uh, financially. You know, they help support our work. The restaurant community supports us with food uh, resources. Um, they help connect us to different kinds of um, uh, ways to extend our impact uh, and have just been allies for years and years in so many different ways. Yeah. I just love seeing that. So yeah. cool. And yeah, big shout out to Robbie. Just a great dude. Great dude. So, yeah. High five from the podcast to you, Robbie. Um, so talk to me about some of the initiatives that you guys have going on now. And especially as we're approaching, you know, the end of 2019, which is kind of crazy to think of. We're sitting here on October 7th, which somehow has happened to all of us. But, um, yeah, talk to me about some of the things that ACFB is working on now. And, uh, as we're getting into the end of the year. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, um, I'll kind of talk about, um, uh, a handful of things that all relate to the to a larger goal. You know, we want to grow our impact uh, at the food bank um, uh, to the point that all people in our region have access to the nutritious meals they need when they need them. That's our bold goal that we're working toward. And right now, we're providing 63 million meals, which is great. Uh, but we need to probably double that again before we can really say that we are meeting the full need in our community. Wow! Uh, and so to get there, number one, we've um, uh, we need the right tool for the job, and so we've been engaged in a capital campaign, a fifty million dollar capital campaign to um, uh, build a new food bank headquarters and distribution center. Uh, so we'll be moving out of the building we're sitting in right now to a new building that's down uh, about three miles away from the airport uh, at Camp Creek in 285. We'll be moving there wow. into January, early February. Um, and uh, that building uh, will be 345,000 square feet in size. Wow, it, that's awesome. It will have a 70,000 square foot freezer cooler component in it. Uh, it'll have 30 dock doors, bigger volunteer space, more meeting space, more ways to engage the community. Uh, and so, you know, that's the right tool for the job for us to grow in the way that we imagine growing. So that's the first thing that's going on and, uh, and re- really, really exciting. Uh, very excited, just humbled by how well that capital campaign has gone for us. Um, and the building is going to be spectacular. Um, secondly, um, uh, also related to the same bold goal, we know we've got to really uh, invest in growing the 
capability of our distribution network. Uh, and so we uh, are continuing to work with our partners to help them develop new uh, strengths and capabilities around how they engage volunteers, how they handle perishable product. Uh, we make grants to them. Uh, we provide technical assistance and expertise. Um, and all of that is aimed at, at building their capacity. So we're very excited about um, that uh, effort, and that will continue. Um, we also um, uh, have been working um, super hard um, on uh, some new innovative models um, for how we um, not only feed people today, but how we help them develop greater stability um, so that they might get to a place where they don't need our help as much in the future. Um, and so one of those models is what we call a food first pantry where, where we really um, provide an increased sort of frequency and amount of food to families where they use the food pantry as a uh, primary source of food, not as a last resort, uh, which uh, frees up resources for them to, to um, spend and devote on other needs. You know, so, hey, I spend a little bit less money at the grocery store. I can put that towards savings or pay off a credit card or fix my car or, or do whatever else. Right. Um, that can help them build stability over time where they need less help from us. And then finally, I'd lift up the partnership we're doing, Grady. We're um, putting in place a food as medicine clinic. Wow. Over in a space that used to be a McDonald's um, just outside uh, Grady Hospital. It'll, it'll be a healthy food uh, kind of market and pantry for Grady patients wow. and staff. That's amazing. And uh, we think it'll help, in particular, patients uh, really accelerate their uh, kind of healing. Um, uh, you know, they go to Grady, they're sick. Um, having the right kind of food uh, resources can mm -hmm. help them um, uh, get healthier, faster. And, uh, and so we're going to see how that plays out. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's a long list, Kyle. <laughs> Well, of, we, of didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get to everything either, and uh, uh, but you know, our we're a relatively sizable nonprofit at this point. We have a lot of opportunity to um, continue to expand our impact, and uh, we've got a great team here. We've got great supporters, great volunteers, great partners, uh, and so you know, the time is now. You know, let's go. Let's go solve some problems. Yeah, and speaking of that, how would you like to see people get involved? For everybody listening. Well, there's a lot of ways to get involved in the food bank. That's, uh, I mean, I think we provide a platform for people to um, get proximate to those suffering uh, from hunger and to find a way to uh, make a difference in, in the fight to end it. Um, and so, number one, uh, you know, always there's an opportunity to volunteer. Uh, just go to our website, acfb.org, and you can, you can sign up to volunteer in a variety of different uh, projects either on our campus or out in the community. Um, you can uh, participate uh, in uh, events, special events. Um, so like our hunger walk that's coming up on March 15th, you know, I encourage everybody to find out how you can sign up. They'll be over there at the Home Depot backyard next to the, the new stadium, yeah. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's a great space. And so it's a it, we'll have 10,000 people out walking, and it'll help raise a million dollars to support hunger relief efforts across the community. Uh, and there are other events that you can get involved in as well. 
you can also uh, support us financially, you know, and, and I think we are um, uh, one of the best investments you can make in town. Uh, uh, we're a really well-managed, efficient nonprofit, so you get great return on your investment when you contribute to the food bank. Every dollar that gets contributed to the food bank helps us provide uh, close to four meals to people in need across our community. Wow. Um, and so supporting us financially means that you're going to be putting food on the table of a family today, right? And that's a, that's a great thing to do. So you, you can do that at our website also, acfb.org. That's awesome. You know, I, I think the, the thing that I love about this show is um, I, I came up with this thing where it's the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. And this is kind of the like the uh, the neighboring side of like the restaurant world. But it's so close. It's, it's so very closely tied. You know, I mean, just speaking about, you know, someone like Robbie Kukler, you know, from Fifth Group, you know, and the work that the food bank does is tremendous and staggering. And the, the statistics behind it are just you know, uh, as important as they are heartbreaking to know that people are in need of food. And um, so I, I just, I love the work that you guys do. And um, Kyle, thanks for letting me stop by. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Really appreciate it. And I and, uh, hope people, uh, your listeners can find a way to plug into our work and, and uh, help us on this journey. Big time. Awesome. Thanks again, Kyle. All right. Many thanks to Kyle for joining me for this episode. If you'd like to learn more about supporting the ACFB or if you'd like to get involved, like Kyle mentioned at the end, head to acfb.org to learn how you can volunteer, donate food, support the organization financially, and much more. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry.